Hello, I'm Johnny Bravo. Today, you're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Jessica Marzatello, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. So the reason why I brought Jessica on is because she's worked at a couple of record stores, one being The Wall, and I still have a CD. I think it's a Coolio CD with that wall guarantee. And I just always like to call Jessica every now and again so I can keep my wall guarantee still in effect. <laughs> but I guess since The Wall is no longer there, I still don't have the the wall guarantee. But anyway, so we got Jessica with us. So Jessica, tell me a little bit about your musical self. Well, like you said, John, I worked at the wall. Um, it was only part time, but I so enjoyed being around music and getting to talk about, you know, different bands and groups and helping out someone who was like, you know, that song that goes like this. And then we're able to work together to figure it out. That was fun for me. Yeah, a lot of people um, don't realize that we were actually the basically, you know, what's that app called that's on your phone? Shazam. Yeah, we were actually the Shazam back in the day. People would come in and sing to us and yes. say this song, that song, and the lyrics. And we would have to go and try to look at the billboard charts and look at the what's top selling and try to figure out what they were singing or what they were humming or whatever. Yeah, it was fun. Working with your pals, too. Too, you know, I mean, they're eclectic mix of music mixing with yours, I'm sure. And uh, the other thing that, uh, you know, you would always kind of in a good way, you know, kind of have a little battle at the at the front counter, what we're going to play today, you know, what the lineup's going to be. So I'm sure you had to get some of your music in there as well while you were working. Of course. And then looking through all the racks, too, I'm sure, you know, as you were putting stuff up, thinking of all the CDs and tapes you needed to acquire, put in your collection. Exactly. My paycheck just went right back to the store. And that's the way it usually went. It's like, you know, you got paid and then, you know, half of it, if not all of it, went right back <laughs> to buying yep. music for yourself. But at least we had a discount, so it was worth it. Yeah. And did you ever get any promos? Did uh, they ever let you uh, grab any of the promos for the ones they used behind oh, the counter? Oh, yeah. We used to... We used to fight over them, like who was going to get what. Like we had to, we wanted to always be the, whoever it was wanted to be the first one to pick because you wanted to get what you wanted. Yeah, yeah you, that was good times. You got to call shotgun. You got to say, hey, that's my CD. You got to get, get dibs exactly. on it quick. If you knew something was coming in, you were like, that Prince one, that's mine. Uh-uh. Nobody's <laughs> calling that one. And the only one, only person that could like, you know, outbid you would probably be like the manager or the, you know, assistant manager. Exactly. If they wanted it. So. Mm-hmm. Well, when did you first discover music? I was introduced to music as a child in utero. My parents always had music playing in the house, in the car, singing. Singing. Funny story, when my mom was pregnant with me, my first concert, I know we're going to get to that, but my first concert was actually Engelbert Humperdinck before I was even born. I was getting an early start to music and live concert. Oh, and if anybody knows anything about your mom, and, and we call her uh, Ms. Marzatello, she loves yes. some Engelberg. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. She was standing on the chair while pregnant with me because she just had to be up higher and see and be crazy pregnant <laughs> oh my goodness i can just imagine ms marzatello on top of a chair screaming can for engelbert oh my goodness <laughs> engelbert <laughs> i wouldn't even know how to scream his name i'd figure i feel like i'd get his name wrong you know what i mean and then yeah, your dad so with his was... doo-wop too your dad had his doo-wop oh my on. god yes i remember taking his dion and the belmonts cassette tape 
and I would go in my room with my Walkman and I would listen to his music, not even my own. I mean, it was like, that was my childhood was doo-wop, Engelbert. And then as my sister started to introduce music to me, I got like the rock bands like Led Zeppelin. I only know that because of her. So she was a big influence as well as my parents. It's always good to have an older sibling uh, to kind of pull you under their wing and say, hey, you're listening to that crap, but listen to this crap. You know, this is some better crap than that, the, mm-hmm. the Engelberg or the doo-wop that your dad's listening to. Let me let me turn you on to some Zeppelin, you know. Yes. <laughs> Let's fire up some Zeppelin and see how you, what do you think about this? And it was awesome. It blew my mind. Yeah, it's just, you it, You get that different set and you're just like, oh my goodness, what is this? This, is, this doesn't sound like Engelberg. This doesn't sound like doo-wop this is something like no. totally out of left field oh <laughs> mm-hmm. my goodness yeah and um if you spend any time with uh jessica's dad mr marzatello you have some time and you're out you know at their house you're over there for any amount of time you're going to talk about a couple of different things one would probably be firefighting and the other would yeah. be some kind of history of music the doo-wop new york new jersey that whole scene and he's gonna get he will give you like the time life book intro to uh to that like he lived that and or you know he, if he didn't live it it he sounds did. like he lived it i know he lived it but if he, he didn't totally live it he, did. yeah it sounds like he lived it because it's like he just has that whole background and it's just so awesome to have mm-hmm. a chat with him but what do you think the first song is that you remember it would probably be not even my own music it would be like doo-wop probably like um frankie valley in the four seasons my eyes adore you or big girls don't cry all that music i re- that's like probably my first memory of music now was this uh you playing this on vinyl or was was this tape or was this uh, for my, eight track? My dad had a lot of vinyl. And then, of course, when cassette tapes came out, we listened to cassette tapes. He definitely had the vinyl in the house. I did have a little bit of experience, but I didn't purchase vinyl. I like my first first purchase was a cassette tape. So Uh-oh. that's just my generation. Yeah. Well, what about your 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 brother? Was did he uh, give you any kind of influences? I mean, your your sister's getting you into Zeppelin there. What about your brother? Did he get you in anything? Joseph introduced me to the Beastie Boys. He loved the Beastie Boys. Him and his friend Jimmy, who's like my brother, would blast that all through the house, rapping like they thought they could. <laughs> it was just like great memories. Because again, I was um, six years younger than him and nine years younger than my sister. So they had a lot of years ahead of me and were able to introduce me to all that music I had missed out on. Yeah, now the Beastie Boys are, are one of my faves. And, uh, you know, you guys being from uh, New York and basically came down to Virginia Beach. So I'm sure, you know, New York had a lot of uh, influence. You maybe had a lot of influence in his liking the Beastie Boys as well. Yeah, for sure. That's a wide range there going from the doo-wop and the Frankie Valleys and the Engelbergs to, to Zeppelin and the Beastie Boys. I mean, you're talking about like a, a broad spectrum there just in your household of music, listening to different things and getting into different things. That's that's wild. It is wild. And it's very similar 
to you and the kids. I mean, and Michelle introducing them to the, all the different genres and all the great bands. I mean, they have a great knowledge of music. Yeah, it's it just, really awesome. Yeah, it just gives you, you know, a good appreciation for music. And talking about your mom in Eagleburg and then your dad with the doo-wop, I mean, if you didn't have that, that flair for music um, with your parents, you're going to get that because your dad just is like a music lover. It's just obscene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's very special to me to have that musical influence from them. It's a family. It's definitely a family affair. Like we all have a love of music, and I have them to be to thank them for that. Now, when your brother left or your sister left, did they leave you any of their music, or did they just take it all with them and be like, or did they leave you anything like you really need to have this one, in, you know, in your collection or whatever? No, it's not like Almost Famous, where his sister leaves all her records. No, they took it with them. <laughs> they were like, screw you, Jess. We got, we're taking this with us. We yep. like our Zeppelin and our beasties too much. To leave it with you. But and, that's fine. That's, that's totally fine. You still had your doo-wop, so you're fine. That's right. We're going to take a break, so um, just hang on right there, and we'll be back. We are back. I'm Johnny Bravo. You're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Jessica Marzatello, on Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo. We talked a little bit about, you know, I always give people a run through and I give them the show prep. When they do the show prep, sometimes I don't know what they're going to talk about, but I do like to try to, you know, figure out this question because I don't want to embarrass anybody and some people have significant others and that kind of thing. want to talk about boyfriends and I know I'm not going to get anybody in trouble with Jessica, so... Um, we want to talk about what your first couple song is. First couple song. And really, the only one I believe that I've, well, no, I've had other ones, but the first one was with Larry. We dated my junior summer, like I was going into my senior year, and that Seal song, Kiss from a Rose, was very, very popular. So that was our song. Well, after we broke up, it somehow jokingly became into Michelle and I song. So now when we hear it on the radio, we'll call or text each other. Whereas it used to have a negative like vibe to it because I was with Larry, then we broke up, and then it became something funny and memorable with Michelle. So it's no longer negative. If I hear it, I laugh and think of her. Now, the Seal song, was that the song from the one he had from the Batman? What was it, yeah. Forever soundtrack? I don't know the name of the soundtrack, but yeah, that Batman movie, that was not good. But we went to see it together, so that's how it became our song. Yeah, that Batman soundtrack, I don't know if you've ever uh, you know, listened to it or whatnot, but that's got some really good songs on that soundtrack to that movie, even though some people didn't think it was a very good Batman. I actually like that, that particular Batman movie. You did? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, I'll, I'll give you a fun fact. I don't really like, uh, you know, Michael Keaton as the Bruce Wayne Batman. A lot of people like him as the most. I actually like mm-hmm. Kilmer. I thought Kilmer did a better uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman. But uh, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't really agree with me. That's where I'm I at. Mean, 
it's not, he didn't do a terrible job. It was decent. Well, and I had a friend, Nate, and we would always have fun and we would make fun. I remember when we went to see that movie, you know, you had um, Jim Carrey playing the Riddler and he was just yeah. so over the top funny that it was just comical yeah. to us. Yeah, it was kind of like his movie. Yeah, he kind of took it over a little bit and it was just, yeah. he was just so over the top and just the way he was acting, you know, in the movie, he just acted like a child sometimes. It was like not getting his way in different things and it was just so funny to Nate and I watching that movie we we would just crack up and do different lines from that movie because he was so over the top in that movie <laughs> but isn't he in every movie pretty much I mean I think, he yeah I think he's over the top in a lot of movies but definitely yes in that one he was uh, just getting his, well, I mean, he was, in, he was in it a little bit, but it was like, I think that was probably one of his major, one of his first major roles um, besides, you know, yeah. after Ace Ventura and all that. But yeah, he is basically over the top, but Kiss from a Rose by Seal. I mean, I can see that video and every time uh, that brings new clarity to that song, because I know for people out there in the podcast world are trying to figure out, you know, who, who, who Jessica is. It's my wife's best friend from school. So she's talking about Michelle. That's uh, my wife. You know, they are both and that song means a lot to them and so I always hear that in the car and they're always calling each other back and forth so that brings new clarity to that song I didn't know why we always made fun of you from Kiss from a Rose but now I have more story just like the other song between Michelle and I is um, the Fugees oh shit now I can't remember the name Killing Me Softly yes that's it (laughs) (laughs) you know I know yeah we won't say why that's was a song, but it's now a song between Michelle and I. Oh my goodness! Now it's more funny for her. Oh my god! Well, now you got to tell me. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta tell people out there now because now it's just like you laid it out there. Oh my god! Are we gonna ex- be exposing major, you know, demons or major secrets or anything? No. Is it gonna hurt just, anybody? No, it's not gonna hurt anybody. It was just, um, I was interested in a guy and his name was Carl and we were hanging out together and that song came on while we were making out. That whole album was on, but, um, she's leaving a lot out, but that's okay. Cause I do now that you're. Now that you're telling me this story, I do remember uh, this story. And Carl was interested in, like, uh, another girl because I remember we went out to eat one time and that girl was working and you got – I don't know if it was you guys or if you were with us, but I know Michelle was, like, throwing shade at her. And I was like, what's going on? She's like, it's Carl. And I'm like, okay. So there's a lot more to this story, I think, than what you're laying on. But that's okay. I mean, we don't have to – We're not opening that can of worms. But Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. I mean, that's a, that's another good song that you can have as a couple song uh, while you're... I can't even see, because I, 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 if I say anything more, I'm going to be revealing what was going on. But yeah, I mean, w- we don't want to throw too much shade at at, uh, at Carl, I guess. No. Well, that's that's all we need to say about that. Okay, we're going to move on. And people out there in the podcast land, they're like, man, I really wonder what's going on with the Carl and the Killing Me Softly and, and these songs and why she's not, you know, letting us know more. <laughs> this is what we're here for. No. Okay, we're, no. dang, I can't get anything out of her. See, I'm not, I'm not Diane Sawyer. Sorry, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not I'm not Barbara's Barbara Walters, Baba Walters. I can't get anything else out of her. Well, you talked about your first concert when uh, you were in the wound, your mom standing on on the chair. Um, yes. But what was your actual first concert that you went to that you remember going to? And where was it at? Who was it? And all that good stuff. It was, you probably could guess it because of my age. It was New Kids on the Block at the Scope. We were in the nosebleeds. I was with a girl that I really didn't like that much, but she, for some reason, invited me to go, and her mom went with us. So that's why my mom allowed me to go, um, because there was going to be a parent there. That was, like, the best experience ever. N-K-O-T-B. Yes. Hanging tough. (laughs) Hanging tough. Who opened up for him? Did they have anybody open up for him? Oh, John, I don't remember. Um, They probably did, but I don't know who it was. Well, you know, recently. I did remember. Recently, we were up in uh, Baltimore, not Baltimore, we were up in Boston, one of those uh, states or cities that start with a B, and we went to the Wahlburgers and got uh, some burgers, uh, Mara and I, because we went up there to see 21 Pilots. Marky Wahlberg and his and his brother, who was in in, 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 OK, in, in KOTB, right. three times fast, uh, Donnie, <laughs> so they have all their pictures and everything, and while we were in there, like, new kids came on. I mean, you know what I mean? You can't get more, like, new kids than that oh, being in the great. house. Yeah. Uh huh. So I'm gonna put you on the spot here because we couldn't get any of, of the Carl stuff out. So I'm gonna try my Diane Sawyer and my um, Baba Walters a little bit. And there's this one okay. story that Michelle always tells about REM and you guys. Oh, I knew this would come up. I know. I'll I know. You'll tell this one. So, so we went to see them again. I think it was at, no, it was at the Hampton, Hampton Coliseum. Michelle and I and her older sister, Jennifer, I believe she drove us, if memory serves me. I don't remember anybody else that was with us, if there even was. I just remember the three of us. And we had such a great time. And I, for some reason, thought Michael Stipe was hot. Like, he was so hot to me, which looking back, he is not attractive and not my type at all. So it's kind of bizarre. But after the show, I was so like high and on adrenaline and everything that we were riding around in the parking lot trying to get out. And I'm shouting, I fucked Michael Stipe. Why? I don't know, but I did. <laughs> I love uh, you. I love hearing you tell this story because I don't know if I've ever heard you tell it. I always hear Michelle tell it, and it's just so uh-huh. much, so much more funnier when it's coming, you know, straight from the person that it, it happened. It happened yeah. to. I saw them on the Green Tour, and you guys saw them on the Monster Tour. Okay. I saw them in Richmond. You guys saw them in Hampton, and it was a good mm-hmm. show then. So I'm sure you know it was a good show then. I mean, especially if it, it must have been a great show if you're sitting there saying in the park. Lot that you fucked Michael Stipe. I mean, it's got to be the yeah. like the best show ever. It was the best show ever. And then <laughs> I was lucky enough to see them again. I think it was a few years later. Um, I saw them in Madison Square Garden with my best friend, Laura, and her sister, who's also another best friend, Julie. And there were a couple other people that went with us. So that was awesome because, you know, not only seeing REM, which was and still is one of my favorite bands, but I got to see them at Madison Square Garden. Like, how awesome is that? I mean, Did, have you ever been there? I've never. Well, I mean, I've been to the garden, but not to see anybody. Like, just to go, uh, you know, to the train station or whatever. 
So I can say uh-huh. I've actually been to the garden, but I've never seen a, a show there or anything. Oh, okay. Especially. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, that, that would be like a bucket list kind of thing, especially, you know, if it was R. Of course, we're not going to be able to see REM because they're not touring anymore. Right. But it would be fun, like, if we, you know, we should get together um, and go see Billy Joel there because he's played there numerous times. Like, he broke the record of however many times he's performed at the Garden. That would be a great show to go see at the Garden, you know, hometown fave. Yes, yes, I would love that. I've seen Billy Joel, and um, that's another like first song that really hits home for me with Billy Joel and Laura and Julie, who I was just speaking of. We used to make up dances in my garage to Billy Joel songs. And one of them was Uptown Girl. Now, if I knew the the routine, I would do it for you, even though you can't see me, but I don't remember it. But those are just some really great memories I have. So thanks to Billy, because those were some good times. Now, like the Step Brothers, you know, and the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Are you yeah. 80s Joel or is it just yeah. strictly 80s Joel or can you do 70s too? You got it. It's just strictly 80s? Oh, I could, no, I could do all Billy. Okay, so you're. we could have you play the Catalina wine mixer and, and you could do all of Billy, not just 80s Billy. Yes. We only do 80s Billy, sir. Only 80s Billy. <laughs> <laughs> only 80s Joel. That's all we do. You know, fun fun fact in my vinyl collection, um, you know, I have um, basically, I don't really do it by alphabetical order, but I do have Billy Joel in the 70s section, and then in the 80s section, I have 80s Joel. Okay. So I have him separated by regular Billy and 80s Joel, just in case, you know, somebody comes over and, and is complaining. Okay. We can just do 80s Joel. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Of course, we have, um, you know, one for Pink Floyd and we have one for the Beatles. So we mm-hmm. we have those in there, you know, to separate them. But, you know, they're, they're separated by rock and R&B and rap and stuff like that. But there's one for 80s Joel and, and Billy Joel. <laughs> so, so fun fact. Well, you already gave your, your you gave this away a little bit earlier and that's fine. Sometimes we give a little preview of what we're going to talk about. We're going to ask you now what your first music purchase was and you said it was a cassette tape. So we do know that. So what, so what cassette tape was it out of the thousands of cassette tapes that are out there? It was most likely, because again, my memory is no bueno. It was probably Debbie Gibson, but it could also have been Tiffany because they were very popular at the same time. And I loved them both, but I'm going to go more with Debbie Gibson because even though I liked the both of them, I preferred, like if I had to choose one over the other, I would pick Debbie over Tiffany. So she was probably my first purchase. Yeah. And you really wouldn't get this unless you, know, you watch the Goldbergs. There was an episode about uh, Tiffany and the young daughter. there wanting to be her and, and go to the malls and sing and stuff like that. But yeah. Tiffany, you know, Debbie Gibson, they both had the boys and the girls. So the boys were like, oh, it's, you know, it's Tiffany and, and it's, oh, it's, you know, you know, it's Debbie Gibson. But the girls too, like really dug them too, because they wanted to be Tiffany. They wanted to go out in the malls and sing and they wanted to, you know, be Debbie Gibson because they were our age. You know, they were around around the same uh-huh. age as we were and they were out doing this music thing and it was just so appealing to us that we were like we could get a guitar and we could go out to the malls and we could sing too even though probably half of us really couldn't right but the guys really dug it good. it was just good wholesome music and then another one that i probably bought early 
at a young age, um, I'd have to probably see what year, and you might even know because you're a musical genius. When did Bon Jovi's first album come out? Do you know what year that was? Uh, it was probably like 85, 86, something like that. Because I know I was still living on Long Island, um, but I was also a huge Bon Jovi fan. And that's one band that I have not seen live that I would love to see. So I hope they decide to have like a reunion for. Yeah, I'm sure that they would probably, I don't think Richie Sambora is playing with them anymore. That's okay. But they are a good band to see live. I saw them on the New Jersey tour. Okay. And they were really good. Their first album is, if it's the one with Runaway, came out in 1984. Oh, okay. So that's. I probably, that could have been a first purchase then. Because. Tiffany and Debbie were after 84, right? Probably, uh, you know, I'd have to look it up, but yeah, probably around, around the same, you know, maybe they might've been like more like 87. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I'm Bon Jovi so. was your first one. It could have been. Well, there you That's go. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we learned, you learned something, and, and we all learned something from listening to the podcast, uh, you know, around the music, And but you're learning something about yourself, that you were the Bon Jovi fan, which makes sense being that, you know, you're right there by Jersey, you know, and, and uh, he's got a big influence around there. Yeah. Were you into Springsteen at all? Um, into the I'm boss? I'm not a fan. I appreciate him, but I'm not a fan. Yeah, I'm not really when a huge boss fan either if he comes on the radio i'll listen it's not like i'm going to turn it off like for instance if hootie and the blowfish comes on as much as you know your wife knows this i will like have a like a freak out attack and i have to turn it off so i mean it's not like that with bruce springsteen but i don't own any of his albums yeah i like born in the usa that album but uh, his other albums i mean i could do or not do i mean i do have his greatest hits but i'm not really a big springsteen fan and i know that probably you know is killing some of my listeners out there don't hate me it's just uh yeah don't hate us it's just, you know, never really been that, uh, I mean, I, I like his music and I'll listen to it, but I'm just not like, don't have to listen to it if, you know, if something else is on. And Hootie makes the list. I didn't know my wife had list of people that she didn't like. And Hootie is on that list of people that she doesn't like. So I guess that's on your list yeah, too. it is definitely number one. And I just don't understand because even the dolphins make him cry. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you got to. You got to like Hootie. I mean, poor Hootie. You know, he's not getting the love on here. So he's in the same category with, not exactly the same category with Bruce because you at least listen to Bruce. Yes, I do. And I know the words. I sing along, so. Well, that's good. You know, it's, it's, it's the boss. And so. But I was just wondering because they're, you know, right, right, uh, New Jersey again, but it's probably a little bit before your time. And that might be a little bit of the reason why you might not like Boss as much. And that might be a reason why I don't like him as much because, you know, other than Born to Run and some of those others, it was, you know, well, it was probably kind of in my same, in my time too. But I just, I don't, I just never really got into him. Like I said, I don't, not that I don't appreciate his music, not that I won't listen to it. I do listen to it, but it's just not the first thing I would grab. Right. All right, well, we're going to take another break, so uh, just hang on, and we'll be right back. We are back. I'm Johnny Bravo. You're going under the musical influence of today's guest, Jessica Marzatello, on Under the Influence. 
with DJ Johnny Bravo. Jessica, we're going to talk about your favorite song. So this is a tough one to just pick one, and I'm only going to talk about one. Of course, it's Dave Matthews' band, and it's typical situation. Um, there's just something about the, the words, just, I don't know, it's just a really great song to me. Everybody should listen to it if they don't know what it is. Now, what album is it on? Because, I mean, I know you're a Dave Matthews fan. There's some people out there that might not be familiar with all the albums like you are. What album is it on? Under the Table and Dreaming. Okay, well, that's one of the albums I know, so that's good. So most people out there probably should know that yeah, album. That was probably, pretty popular. Yeah, they should know it. They should know it. And they probably do know the song. But it's not like Everybody Loves Ants Marching or Crash or Crush satellite like those are all yes really great songs but the typical situation just has a a good message and for most people that uh you know a lot of the podcasts that we talk about has been from around here and when i say around here i mean like richmond area virginia beach newport news chesapeake henrico you know chesterfield um and then like uh you know charlottesville and 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 the like we have had uh, some other guests that have been to other places and just, you know, used to live in New York and, and we had somebody from Jacksonville. The Dave Matthews Band are actually from Virginia. They're one of Virginia's own bands, along with like Missy Elliott and you got Patsy Cline. If they're going to do a tour, if they're going to come through anywhere, they're going to come through Virginia at some point. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And back in the day, they used to go to a club around and some of the clubs that were probably around, you know, Virginia Beach, Hampton Road, Chesapeake area. But I know in Richmond, they used to come to have a nice day cafe. And before it was have a nice day cafe, it was the flood zone. And you can go back and look at those shows and the set list from those shows. They started doing those shows a long time ago, just coming to that small venue, which is not even a venue anymore, or not even a club anymore. So if you were able to see them back in the day before they hit the big stream, you know, the main, the mainstream, the main, uh, you know, the big time or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty special. I'm sure it was my first, I didn't know them like back in those days, but, um, my first concert when I saw Dave was, I think it was December of 95. I could be wrong on the year, but I'm pretty sure it was 95. And I went with a bunch of high school friends and it was amazing. It was just the best experience I've ever had at a concert. And that is what made me want to continue to see them. I've probably seen them. I'm not like a, I don't follow them around all over the country. Like a lot of people do. I just financially can't afford that. If I could, I would be doing it, but I have seen them probably like 45 times, 40, 45 times, which I think is a lot to see one band. What's the band you've seen the most? The band that I've seen the most is 21 pilots and that's only five concerts. Wow. Yeah, so you beat me by 40. And I thought I really liked 21 Pilots, but I don't like 21 Pilots as much as you like uh, Dave Matthews' band. That's my jam. I can listen to them in any mood. Happy, sad, depressed, just want to clean the house. I, I mean... And I prefer the live albums to the studio albums because they're known to be like a jam band. So I appreciate, even though it's either on YouTube or in the on a CD in the car, I appreciate the live music very much. And I'm going to um, just mention, uh, you know, there's another gentleman that is from our area that is a bit, you know, was big time too, and that's Bruce Hornsby. And I'll, and I'll give you the reason why I'm bringing him up is because Bruce Hornsby, when I went to go see The Grateful Dead, dead he was playing piano for the dead and he toured with the dead for a long time 
And that's a touring band. You know, when I used to go to the record store in Richmond, uh, Steady Sounds, they're closed now, but I would always talk to the guy and, and ask him about shows that he's been to. And he didn't really go to that many shows because he's like, there's vinyl. You know, I got vinyl. I grab, <clears throat> excuse me, I grab, um, you know, the live CD or the live album and listen to that. And I feel like that's the snapshot of them at that time. And I'm at that show and, you know, I'm just, I'm paying the vinyl price and I can listen to that over and over again, but it's something right. special about actually going to see them live. Mm -hmm. But I can understand why you would want to grab that um, live version first, especially if they're a jam band, because you get more like in the studio, they're going to, all right, that's it. Let's cut it off. You know, we got to make it three minutes or five minutes or whatever it is for radio play. So we got to make it that, but that song might've been, you know, 11 minutes. I mean, you know, they're throwing a fit now because Taylor Swift's got a 12 minute song out, but there's probably a lot of uh, bands that would probably have longer songs out if it wasn't for record people saying, okay, that's it. We got to cut it. Yeah. You know, what was some of your favorite shows that you've been to out of the 45 <laughs> that you've been to? <laughs> well, I went to see Coldplay with Bonnie. Um, that was a phenomenal show. They, it was like watching, this is probably going to sound bananas, but it was like being in a live video, like their lights and the screens with all of the images. And like, it just was beautifully put together and they really appreciate their fans. You know, Chris Martin said it several times, you know, thank you for coming out and being with us. And, you know, you didn't have to spend your money but you did, and so we're going to give you, like, the best experience ever. So, like, I appreciate that. And they came out, like, we had seat seats, which we normally don't splurge, but we did. And they, like, came out into the audience. They went out up on the lawn. They really interacted with their fans. So I thought that was probably in my top three would be Dave and Coldplay. And then probably my third would be Robert Plant, Jimmy Page. I'm so grateful and thankful that I had the opportunity to see them. Of course, it wasn't the original band members, but I mean, come on, Plant Page. I mean, that's two of the great ones right there. So um, I saw them with Michelle again. Your wife is always involved in my musical journeys. Um, and we saw them at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater. We were with my brother. I don't know who else was there. She might remember. But I know it was my brother, Michelle, and I. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, I'm always talking about the places in Richmond, which are, are very few and far between. Uh, you know, since the Coliseum closed and they don't really have a venue. I mean, I think they're working on it. But if you live down at the beach, Virginia Beach Amphitheater, I mean, they've changed names several times. I don't even know what they're going under, you know, now. They have so many great shows and it's just a great spot in the summer to just, you know, you can even get a lawn pass, I think, and just go and see a bunch of cool shows. And we've seen a bunch of cool shows there. I know you and Michelle have seen a bunch of cool shows together. She's probably seen a bunch of cool shows without you. And you've probably seen a bunch of cool shows without her. Um, and I've yeah. probably seen a bunch of cool shows without either one of you guys. And I know I've, I've been to one or two with Nicole and, uh, you know, Michelle's cousin who we've had on the podcast, too. Um, such a great venue to go see a show. But Paige and Plant. Yeah, Paige and Plant. I'm surprised you're, you know, that's not one of the ones where you, or at least on the phone with your sister at some point we i don't know we didn't have cell phones back then well see it was just that's that's the experience you just you had the experience nobody else did you weren't youtubing it or anything no. like that it was just you and uh page and plant and your brother and and uh, michelle and whoever else went with you yeah it was it was definitely an experience 
that I'll never forget. And I don't even, my sister can't even say that she has seen Plant and Page. I can't say it either. I mean, that's, it's really, it's special. You know, not everybody, I've never seen Michael Jackson or Stevie Wonder. Like, those are some greats that I would have liked to have seen, but I'm I'm fortunate to have seen Robert Plant and Jimmy Page. Yeah, I got close with the, um, you know, the Led Zeppelin experience with uh, Jason Bonham um, at one of the shows but that's probably as close as I have come. And that was really great, um, you know, to hear him play his dad's music. Uh-huh. And that was at the Virginia Beach Amphitheater. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to and ask you, and I already know the answer to this. And most of the time, you know, like I said, when I give uh, out the show prep, I don't get it back and I don't know exactly where we're going most of the time uh, with these questions, but typically the favorite band one, I kind of already know uh, with most folks. So I'm going to ask you, even though I know the answer, people out in podcast land do not. So what's your favorite band? Dave Matthews. How does the podcast people know? Yeah. They've been listening. Yeah. They understand the, the level of commitment you have to Dave Matthews, 45 shows in. I mean, yeah. That's my favorite band, hands down. Everyone knows it. And, you know, you're not even sitting there saying that you're going to F David Matthews at the no. show. What is it about would, David I Matthews? Would, I wouldn't pass it up if I had the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not yelling it out in the parking lot. I mean. No, I'm not. <laughs> you know, 45 times in, I'm surprised that at least one of those shows you hadn't been a little bit tipsy. and be like, I want to fuck David Matthews. <laughs> What is it about Dave and his group? What Dave Matthews Band? What is it about them? How did you get into them? What was your deep dive? How did you get into the first show? I mean, give us some background on your love for Dave and how this kind of obsession happens. Well, thanks to the radio. I mean, that's how I became familiar with them. Um, And my friends, you know, my high school age friends, we all dug it. We were all into it. And we would listen and sing along in the car. And when they finally were touring, of course, we all decided to go. And that was probably what got me was seeing them live. Like I was definitely a fan before I saw them, but now I was like mega super fan after seeing them perform live. Um, It's just when you watch them, like I watch them on YouTube a lot, the talent, it's like amazes me that like how the saxophone player and how great he is and the drummer, I mean, all of them are so fantastic and they, you could tell that they love the music, and that's what makes me love it even more. Just seeing them, like, they truly love what they do. So it makes me appreciate it that much more. Now, was it Under the Table and Dreaming? Was that the album that you got into them with? Yes. And then it just went from there, and you got it every album there. since? Every album since. And then when I finally found out, like, they had that album recently before Under the Table and Dreaming, of course I went out and bought that, and it's just as phenomenal as Under the Table and Dreaming, but it didn't, I don't think it got as much airplay as Under the Table and Dreaming, so, but it is, I mean, that itself is a great album. They're just, I don't know, they're just great, John. I don't, if, I know people, some people don't like them, and I just can't understand it, but we all can't like the same things, just like we're not big Bruce Springsteen fans. Like, you either get it or you don't, I guess. It's just something you really can't explain to, to people because, like, it's your thing, you know. And, yeah. And, and folks are like, they just look at you with this blank stare, like the deer in the headlights kind of look on, I don't know what the hell you're talking about with Dave Matthews. <laughs> 
it's the same thing with 21 pilots you know you start you start explaining it and it's like you got a drummer and you got the one guy that plays all the other instruments and they're running around and they're in hamster balls and you know they're out in the audience and they're playing the drums and he's standing in the audience and you know he's in the back of the you know stands and they're and they just they just don't get it. But when you go see the shows like Dave Matthews, you know, Twenty One Pilots is a is a touring. I mean, they're they're they write their songs and their albums thinking of the tour, thinking about what they're going to do on tour with those songs and getting people into the music. Everybody knows every single one of the songs, and it's the same thing if you're a Dave Matthews, uh, you know, band, and you follow them around with any other band. People didn't get when people were following the Dead around when they were following fish around right when they were making sandwiches you'd go out and you would support the people and be like why do i want to support you know i can get me a hot dog or whatever no you go out in the parking lot and you buy a damn grilled cheese sandwich from somebody in a volkswagen bug because they're trying to get to the next show you go buy a, a freaking uh you know crystal from somebody selling crystals they're throwing on a rope earrings or whatever they're making in the parking lot because they're trying to get to the next dead show you don't go and get the you know you get a tie-dyed t-shirt from those folks. i mean you might get a dead dead t-shirt too but you're trying to support these folks because they're trying to get to the next show to see you know the next grateful dead show or the next fish show or the next uh, dave matthews band show Mm -hmm. you just don't get that uh, affinity that love that you have for the band and like i said it's the people that are around you that get it get it i mean i like dave matthews but i don't like dave matthews like that but i know they're they're great and i know they have a lot of great songs and a lot of great albums but i mean if i had to choose I, i might not put dave on now that song Crash, Crash Into Me, I, I mean, uh, you know, I really like that song. And I like other songs by them. I mean, that surprised my wife. Like, she's like, hey, you don't even know Dave, you know, when I was bringing you those DVDs. <laughs> but I do know Dave. You know. Are you ready? Uh, we're at the uh, finale. You ready to do okay. this? All right. We're I'm gonna... ready. Here it is. How has music impacted your life? To the utmost. When I think of music and the love of music that I have, I first think of my father and my mother and my sister and my brother. It just, family and music go together for me. And then, of course, goes along with friends as well who are basically family like you and Joe and um, Laura and Julie. I attribute music to love and family and good times. Just appreciate the talent and all the many different genres. I mean, I love so many different types of music. That's one thing that I try to get my niece and nephew into my music, but they have my brother, so they do like good music because, you know, he's a good influence on them. But yeah, that's what, that's the impact it had was just growing up in a musical environment because of my family. Yeah, and one thing we didn't talk about and that's always brought up and when I see any pictures of you guys hanging out, you and Michelle, is your brother's parties and Metallica and his love and affinity for Metallica. And that's one thing that we didn't really bring bring up is his love for Metallica and all the parties that he had um, over at the house. I'm not, you guys know what the house name was and everything. Cause every time y'all Oak talk Lit. about it. Yeah. Yeah. What is it again? Oakland drive. Yeah. And the, the Metallica and all the crazy parties that you guys have. Yes. Yeah, so we used to have some good times, the tie dye parties and Metallica. Yeah. I and, saw them live too. And that's one show that I haven't seen that that's on my bucket list that I want to go to see is, is Metallica. I don't know if Michelle's seen them either. 
I think she was with me. Well, then she might have she might have seen Metallica. And then maybe it's just on my bucket list. Yeah, we'll go with you. Yeah. <laughs> and the the other big thing down at the beach was the laser light shows that uh, they used to have a bunch of cool laser light shows. I know I went to a Pink Floyd one. I think. You guys used to go to some of those shows down there, too. Yeah. Which wasn't the original band. No, we used to go to, um, it was in Newport News, the Virginia Marine, no, the Virginia Living Museum. And they used to have Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Metallica, laser light shows. They don't do them anymore because of COVID. COVID screwed them up. Oh man, and that I like I said, I, I know I went to a Pink Floyd one and it was really a cool thing to to witness. Um and that's probably something that, you know, the kids don't do anymore is that uh, laser light show. But if you ever see one going on, like I said, they're playing the Definitely music. Definitely go. Yeah. And it's they're playing the music from the actual artist, but it's not, you know, cover band, it's not the actual artist. It's a laser light show with the music and it's really cool. Definitely go. Mm-hmm. All right, Jessica. Well, I do appreciate you being here on the podcast with me today. And I still have that coolio cd with uh, the wall a uh, guarantee <laughs> you know i guess it's good for like another year until we no, we'll talk we talk more than every other year but uh to keep my uh, wall certification going in case something yeah, ever happens to i thought that was so funny they give a they give you that certification on your wall cd and really what's going to happen to your cd like i mean unless you are really going to mess it up you're going to be able to use that forever so it was kind of like a non-grata kind of thing like here's something we're doing and it doesn't really mean anything at least it made you feel good getting the cd from the wall and a lot of people did just for that little stupid sticker yeah that square sticker that square sticker well uh say goodbye jessica bye everyone bye john thanks for going under the musical influence of today's guest jessica marzatello on under the influence with dj johnny bravo go under the influence on instagram it's dj j-o-n-n-i b-r-a-v-o underscore under the influence that's dj j-o-n-n-i B-R-A-V-O underscore under the influence. Please subscribe to Under the Influence with DJ Johnny Bravo, where you listen to your podcast. I'm Johnny Bravo. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Until next week.